0: This segment of our International Women's Day episode is focusing on the Owls at CSU Bakersfield. And according to the website, the mission of the Organization of Women Leaders is to foster the development of women. Elise Richmond and I are interviewing Kristen Valdez, the chair of the Owls, and Marina Manzano, who is part of the steering committee. I actually just heard about the Owls from Tamar Anthony and she was telling me to reach out to you guys. So how did the Owls come to be?
1: So the Owls was started, their first year was 2016-2017. Um, the affinity groups actually started in 1516. 16 So um, Dr. Jenny Zorn, our previous provost, she was the one I, who I, my understanding is really got it started in 1617. And um, so originally the group was housed underneath the provost. And now we're under the Division of Equity, Inclusion, and Compliance, which is within the Office of the President. And so they got started to help the staff and faculty with professional development, with networking, uh, to do things within the campus community and more engagement. And then OWLs got started to really foster the development of women. And so we've kind of taken that uh, a step further. And we try our best to, to meet that mission by sharing information about women, sharing stories and really involving everyone in the conversation, because that's how we make change, right? By being open and being inclusive and really exploring different cultures and backgrounds and experiences. And something that I really love about the group is it really gets you out of your bubble because the campus is so big. And for me, I work in a really small department. And so prior to being involved in ours, I didn't have a lot of communication with much of the campus, uh, but OWLs really gave me that opportunity to meet people outside that I maybe normally wouldn't have met otherwise. And also you get to learn things about your colleagues that you also wouldn't know because this group is such a talented group of faculty and staff. And um, it really gives them an outlet to share those talents with the campus. Like for example, Marina is a very talented singer. Uh, so, we also have uh, singers, dancers. We have someone who we just found out was published in a cookbook. So, she's, you know, uh, not an official chef, but to me, she is. She's published in a cookbook, right? So, it's all of these great things that you learn about people. So, it's more than just the professional development, it's also the personal and emotional development as well.
2: Thank you. That was beautiful. I love. Thank you. Yeah, very, no, that was so. Well yes, it was so good. It made it it's sound empowering. so Yeah, inclusive and just welcoming, and like I'm ready to sign up.
1: Great, <laughs> right, it really is. It's like it, it's like our own little family, you know.
2: I yeah. love. It. Yeah, that yeah sounds so nice. That's definitely like, for me, someone who doesn't know how to reach out super well to people and like widen my bubble very. Well, I guess um, it sounds like a really good opportunity, and that's definitely something I would be interested in.
1: Yeah, I felt the same way when I started. So I joined the group back in the summer of 2017. And when I started, I was just a part-time admin assistant. I really didn't know anyone, and I wanted to branch out and, and meet more people and kind of expand, you know, widen my net. And I think this group really has helped me to do that. And um, really helped me build my confidence as well, because you're meeting a group of strangers and planning events and and doing things I've never done before. So it's been a really great experience. Yeah, it sounds
3: really fun. It gives you an opportunity to do public speaking, because when we have events, we'll get in front of a crowd. We've introduced uh, Kristen's introduced the president as speakers. Some of our other speakers, we've actually had. as being part of the affinity groups, the leaders of the affinity groups will frequently meet with um, trustee members when they come on campus and they take our input of what our group does and how we're trying to meet you know, the campus goals of diversity and, and inclusion and those types of things. So it's a really great group to be a part of. And I started participating in, I wanna say about five years ago. And um, just to give you a little background about myself, I started as a student assistant in procurement Which is the department I'm in now, 25 years ago. So I was doing my bachelor's degree in English and I was working as a student assistant in the office. So I graduated and an opportunity to come back to the department opened up as a clerical position. And I thought, well, I'll come back and, you know, then I can work on my master's degree and get a fee waiver and work on campus again. And then we'll see where that takes me. Five years I did that and I left and went to take a position at the city of Bakersfield and then once again, a position opened up in procurement, this time as a buyer, purchasing agent. So I came back on campus in that capacity 12, 13 years back. It's been a long time. Wow. And I've now promoted to the director of procurement. So I'm a supervisor, manager here on campus. And I feel like being in OWLS kind of helped me to go to that next level. You know, it helped me make connections with different areas of the campus, working with these. Phenomenal women, getting encouragement, getting support, encouraging them and supporting them. You know, I feel like it did help contributing to me making the transition from staff to manager. And I'm actually the first female procurement director on our campus.
2: Congratulations. Thank you. That's super awesome.
3: Yeah. So I just, you know, I want to encourage people, you know, no matter where you start in life, even getting your degree doesn't necessarily mean you're going to jump right into the field that you want to be in. Sometimes you may have to take a little bit of a different route, but I I believe if you work hard, you know, you can prove yourself. And I mean, we're an institute of learning and I'm I'm really happy that they looked at, you know, okay, I got my bachelor's degree and then I got my master's degree, but I have a lot of experience working on this campus and that they gave me that opportunity to promote and move up within the ranks.
0: Thank you. Is the OWLs specifically for CSUB? No, it's I
3: just
0: CSUB. Yeah, I mean, okay.
3: ours is the, I don't know if other campuses, I should say, have affinity groups. There probably are some that do. I don't know if they're specifically called OWLs or they go by something different. I will say we had a meeting with a trustee and she said that was the first time she's came to a campus when she came on our campus. And met with affinity groups, and there's several different affinity groups on campus. There's, I, I believe, you met with Tamar on on one of them. There's what
1: four or five, Kristen, different affinity groups, I believe. Yeah, I think there's five.
3: Yeah. So, and then the leaders from all of those met with the trustee, and it was really, um, she was really, really happy to meet with us and hear the perspective from a different constituents, You know, both staff and faculty, and really, the affinity groups are to promote social interaction um, with the staff and faculty, you know, within the areas that um, they have. And it's open to anybody, like it's not just limited to women, like in our group, we do have a couple of men that attend our group and for our activities, obviously, we include the entire campus to participate.
0: Really awesome that you guys also have men and as well as women come to your group.
2: Okay. So I have a question that kind of plays into that a little bit. Cause you said it's open to anyone and everyone. So um, what would you say to those looking into the club or wanting to become a member?
3: To contact us, we have a website. It's through the um, CSUB website. If you just type in affinity groups and then Al should be uh, available on there. And I believe there's an email for them to email Kristen and she can add them to the listserv and that way they get informed when we have meetings Again, the mission of the affinity groups is really to, to promote staff and students to have that interaction. So it's not necessarily like uh, a student involvement for the function, for the actual group. But what we do try to always keep students in mind when we plan events. So for an example, our International Women's Day, we started doing that about, what, three or four years ago, Kristen? This one's our fourth year. This is our fourth year. And so Random Act of Kindness event every year, we've done, I believe, two so far since we started that event. That's just a way to like distribute items to students to show our appreciation and to kind of encourage them, like we'll put encouraging notes or um, things like that. The first year we gave out full supplies, like highlighters and something else with an encouraging note with like a quote from a woman leader. And we were down on the red brick road, and we just kind of handed out and passed it out to students as they walked by.
1: So students are and they were handwritten learning. notes too. They were hand- I love handwritten. That. Oh my yeah, gosh, that's great! Yeah. So we
3: know at the core of the university, the students are at the center. So we always want to be mindful to um, you know do things that include have activities that include students that encourage students. Because I remember what it was like to be a student here and the struggle is real. And I remember what it was like to feel (laughs) so overwhelmed and sometimes feel, you know, you were kind of hanging by a thread. So we just want to give that push and that encouragement. Like, we know, it's a lot, but you can do it. We have faith in you. You'll get through it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's amazing. I think, especially right now with everything being online and people's lives have changed so much. I think it's so important to like, have a sense of security, like things are going to be okay. We're together and I have this group of awesome women looking out for me.
1: (laughs) That's something we were really challenged with this year too with our International Women's Day because we've always done it on campus. And so this time we say, okay, how how do we get everyone involved? How do we make that sense of community, but virtually? And we didn't want to just do where someone's just speaking at you. We wanted it to be where people could be involved And so we tried to make that happen with these sessions that we're having where you can learn yoga or cooking or meditation or um, just playing games and, you know, trying to help them financially as well by providing financial support. If you wanted to participate, we don't want it to be where you can't participate because you can't afford it. So we did try to purchase materials for anyone who needed that help
0: wow that's really awesome that's fantastic yeah
1: and this year so every year
3: um international women's day has a theme and this year's theme is choose to challenge so we were wondering how to incorporate this and for me i really wanted the focus to be on wellness because honestly i have struggled in this pandemic with anxiety and stress Mm -hmm. and i know i'm not the only one and when i brought that up in the group everybody was like oh yes definitely you know um so we were looking at ways to have activities that would focus on how to overcome, you know, the stress and anxiety that we feel with the pandemic on top of everything else that's going on in the world, within our lives, within our homes, you know, the just constant concern and worry. So that was something that we that we looked at and that we incorporated.
2: I just wanted to say uh, thank you for all you guys do around campus. I mean, I don't know if there are jobs that most people like Know about that you guys are doing all this stuff for us, but it's very appreciated, and I'm happy that yes. you guys are in charge of it. <laughs> oh, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Elise Richmond, and today I'm here with student Devin Wingender to talk about International Women's Day. Hi, Devin. Hey girl. Before we get started, why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
4: Um. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's what I should do. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I'm a sophomore at Cal State Bakersfield. Um. I'm a psych major and a political science minor, and I might want to get into law. We'll see. Um. It's like. There's so much more to me, but those are the outwardly things that people would want to know. Okay, let's get started. All right, let's do it.
2: All right. So the first one, um, what does being a woman in today's time mean to you?
4: So I feel like being a woman can mean so many different things to different people. Like I feel like being a woman is what empowers you. I think it's also about like uplifting other women as well. And, you know, gender is so much bigger than it was before. And I think it's about uplifting all women, all women, all inclusive. And it's just reclaiming your power in whatever way that means to you. Like, I think feeling secure in who you are, understanding too that because you are a specific gender, you might unfortunately be predisposed to um, discrimination against like who you are. Um, And that sucks, you know, but it's also knowing that there's power in that. And like people feel threatened by a powerful woman. Like I love that. I'm like, okay, you know, you're threatened because I'm powerful. And that says a lot about you. So I think being a woman is just being secure in yourself. And that's like, my biggest answer. <laughs>
2: I think that's a great answer. I think Thank that's you. definitely, yes, of course. I think that's definitely something that has been taken away from women for so long mm-hmm. about feeling yeah. powerful and feeling good and feeling confident in their, in themselves. Yeah. And like now. Body positivity. Yeah, confidence. body positive.
4: Yes. These
2: new. And it,
4: and yeah. And it's yeah. also, you know, we're not searching through um, different people, specifically men, we're not searching through men to feel these things anymore as much as we did before. You know, it was always, well, you know, my, my partner, my boyfriend, whatever it is, it's like, he thinks I'm beautiful. So I'm beautiful. Whereas now it's more centered towards I'm beautiful. I don't care what anyone else thinks. And not even just about like physical looks, whatever, but like your power in general, like I'm smart. I am funny. I'm intelligent. I'm kind. I'm so kind. And I don't need anyone else to tell me that because I know it. Definitely. Yeah. No,
2: I think it's great. I think now things are so different and women have a new independence that they weren't allowed to have before and they just have access to.
4: Yes, that's yeah, that's a big thing is like with like technological advances, I feel like we're able to access so much more information that people didn't know before. Like um, I was watching Bridgerton on Netflix and the girls didn't even know like how babies were made. They just like, they literally (laughs) just like had to get married to find out. And it's like now, you know, people are claiming their power and, you know, with internet and everything like that, like, obviously we know what that is now. Like, So I just think it's, you know, crazy and beautiful to see how things have changed.
2: So you think, like, social media and that kind of stuff had a big part to do with it? Or how do you think all of that Um, plays into? Yeah,
4: I mean, I think it does. I think also, like, the people that paved the way were completely unhinged women. Like, unhinged women paved the way. Um, Anna Nicole Smith. Um, I'm just trying to think of others like Perez Hilton or not Perez. Oh no, Paris Hilton, just Lindsay Lohan, all those people that were considered, you know, trash or bimbos, like stuff like that. Just people that were not seen as intelligent. They paved the way. And I think social media now is really embracing those people like Lil Kim, everyone Destiny's Child, everything like they are embracing the woman that we once saw as, Less than. So I think social media has played a big part in that. But I think it's also important to acknowledge the like physical things that women had to go through. Like Britney Spears, you know, she literally could not like go out of a store without putting a bag over her head. Or like when she shaved her head, they were like, she's gone crazy. And it's like, maybe I can shave my head and be mentally stable. It's not I, about how crazy you are.
2: I just watched the Britney thing and so i good. honestly even if this is a side note and just me telling you about it, yeah. there are so many things in it that I would never have known about her. Yeah. Ever.
4: Mm-hmm. Like because that's not what the like media told us. I know. That's not what we do.
2: Yeah. That's
4: I didn't even crazy. know she had an accent
2: but- until the documentary.
4: Like <laughs> I know anything no Uh, literally
2: but yeah no I think I 100% agree
4: yeah I think it's important to acknowledge the physical things that these women went through like being attached by different people and all stuff like that and being able to say you know we've come so far but we also have so much more to go you know definitely and that's why we're paving the way
2: absolutely female work is never
4: done the work is never done oh no that's honestly not a good thing because that means we're constantly evolving and that's beautiful but that's good
2: no I'm happy you said that because no one like thinks of it like that
4: yeah no that was really
2: good yeah
4: people people are really afraid of change and people are really afraid of when things change blah 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 and it's like I think it's beautiful change is beautiful it's Accepting that you are going to be so different in a year than you are now. And, you know, the media industry now is going to be so much more, so much different in like three years. Who knows how it's going to be? And all of that is going to be due to the people that are uplifting their voices now. So even in minuscule ways, like even the most minuscule thing is important. It's taking the first step. So I love that. No, that's, (laughs) oh, that's,
2: Beautiful. Very well Thank said. You. Thank you very much okay. for saying that. No, oh. it's really good. Really good. Um, yeah. Of course. Um, okay. So this kind of, I feel like this kind of ties into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, what do you think some of the most common misconceptions about being a woman?
4: Um, I think like being a woman is not just about being a figure. Like it's not about being looking like, you know, long hair, makeup done. It's, you know, women can do whatever they want. And also, I think people think, you know, feminists, leftists, all those people want to take down men. And like, it's not necessarily the case. But I think there's a difference between being assertive and being mean, like straight up being mean. And I think people see that and they're like, oh, she's mean. And it's like, She's not mean for asserting her boundaries. Like, I think people don't realize women have boundaries. Like, I am not just a figurehead. I am not just a piece of me. I'm not that for you. Like, I have boundaries. I have feelings. I have emotions. Like, all of those are important to us. And we're not just, it doesn't just bounce right off. Like, that stuff sinks in. For a long time. And I think, you know, people think, oh, she's so rude. Like, that girl's so rude. It's like, no, dude, she turned you down because you sucked. And she asserted her boundaries. Like, grow up. Yeah. Like, you're well, no, that- Not everyone's going to like you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> Anyways, is that where you finished? I think that's good, yeah. I feel like I cut you off, sorry.
4: No, oh my god, not at all.
2: Yeah. Well, honestly... I think it's safe to say there are endless misconceptions about being a woman.
4: Yeah, um, yeah. These so girls home hard. <laughs> yeah, there's so many misconceptions about all different kinds of women too. You know, like it's oftentimes <laughs> the, the misconception is different when it comes to white women versus black women and Asian women versus, you know, Latin women. Like there's so many discon- misconceptions that come with every single race and every type of woman. And it's, it's knowing that, like, you are not the only one experiencing it. And that's kind of beautiful. But also, like, I hope to never experience that. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know if that made sense. But no,
2: yeah. I get it. Like, together, but still separate.
4: I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: so as a member of society and campus, how do you feel you are treated based off your gender? I, I mean, society okay. is way like, different than yeah. just school. Yeah, but- <laughs>
4: it's I feel like specifically at our school, like I feel very included most of the time. Like I've never really seen it as like, oh, they're judging me because I'm a woman. But also I've noticed that if I'm in a group project with a guy and it's like, oh, you'll print the papers and you'll do the layouts of the PowerPoint. And I'm like. I can contribute more than just a layout of a PowerPoint. I also don't have a printer. So how dare you make me print something. (laughs) Um, But that's like something, you know, I don't ever feel like I'm dismissed because of my gender, but I also feel like I notice it when it happens, but it doesn't happen as often in campus as society. Absolutely. getting, I get catcalled all the time in society. Whereas on campus, like, fortunately I have not experienced that yet, no, but like no. I could literally be out in public with my friends and wearing a cute little outfit and some guys will walk by and be like, why are they so dressed up? Um, cause we're pretty. That's why we're dressed up. Like, why do I need a reason to look cute? Like, oh my gosh. Isn't that what I'm supposed to do as a woman? Look pretty? <laughs> like- so I'm playing the part and now you're mad. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, it's, I'm expected to do things that like a woman would have to do before, you know, like just little things that are just so pointless. Like I can contribute. I'm intelligent a little bit. Like I promise. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. So yeah, that, those are a few things that I noticed. But I think I just also don't pay attention to it as much just because at this point in my life, I just am like used to it. I just kind of have accepted that because I am my gender and because I am the way that I am, I will always be something to someone no matter what. I'm always going to seem a certain way to everyone. So it's like I might as well just, you know, do me and be myself because that's what makes me happy.
2: That's really good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think everyone should live life by that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you can be bitter about things and it's like, what's that going to do for you? Yeah. Like literally what's that going to do for you? Um, I've noticed that acceptance and just knowing that things happen for a reason. And also the things that do happen will lead you to something greater is like, you know why would you want to live all mad at people um unless they deserve it but you know there's different circumstances so that's <laughs> right, how yeah, it right, think. right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah
2: I think that's good I think Thank you. Oh, there's something else I was gonna say True. sure there's oh well actually there's a lot of things I could say but oh true this is just such a generic topic that I'm like you can't fit it into 20 minutes yeah Mm -hmm. um so I think we'll just leave it with what you said yeah that's fine
4: yeah um okay
2: who are some of the most influential women to you and why
4: so I think for me as of recently Stacey Abrams has been one of the most influential women to me like I am a political science minor, so obviously I'm a bit more into politics than, you know, some might be. And to see such a powerful, strong woman just getting the work done, like she has gotten so much work done. And I think it's beautiful that she is just, she's just such a powerful force and a force to be reckoned with. And I admire that so much. Like she is somebody that I would love to just sit and chat with. She is so cool to me, but probably that's more so right now just because of the election. And then I think also it's hard to say, you know, these women are influential because I feel like every woman to me is influential. Like every woman to me has something to offer that is so different and so beautiful because everybody experiences life differently. So like, I could say my mom, you know, I could say my sister, I could say a different influencers, but it's like, you know, I see everybody as influential because they are doing work no matter what we're doing work as women. Yeah.
2: When you can learn something new from different people because they bring something different to the table. Like
4: everyone brings something different to the table. Like you will never meet somebody that's entirely experienced the same thing as another person.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. uh, I think that's good.
4: We have a lot of resources that people don't think to use because in the moment, it's not what you're thinking about, but you should do you know some. Um, so I do know that if you talk to the campus advocate, Olivia, she will be able to, she is the campus advocate. Like, so basically what that means is that you can tell her about anything that has happened to you. And she can get you help like she you can go through her and she will find a therapist for you she will take you to the hospital if she needs to all these things and she technically does not have to tell anyone because she is specifically the campus advocate so it's really cool and like obviously we have the stuff for the food shelter like if you're food insecure stuff like that that's
2: yeah and um this is side note, but in the food pantry, when they yeah. give out food, they have um, baby food for any yeah, moms who may need baby That's food so cool. Oh food. my God. Yeah. I love no, it. it's amazing. It's amazing that they do that. Yeah, so, honestly. Yeah. Um, But that's, yeah, good. Good shout out to her because she is amazing. I love her. Very much. Green. Um, do you have anything you would want to tell your past self or to anyone else who could be going through something or Just something you would want to tell them during this time.
4: Yeah, I think for me growing up, I was very sensitive to other people's emotions. And I think that that's something as women that we're taught to be is be sensitive to other people's emotions and be kind. And, you know, obviously that's something that's really important. But I think I took it way too far to the extent of I could not set boundaries. I do not know what that word means because quite frankly I don't do it and I would say to my past self like set boundaries and for me personally a word that really affected me was being called a bitch and I think that that's something that almost all women have gotten called at one point in their life because they did something that someone else didn't like (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep and I can name multiple times and it has stuck and I could probably tell you exactly what happened to made that person say that And so to me, it's like, don't be afraid to be the bitch in the situation. Don't be afraid to be mean or not even mean, but don't be afraid to be assertive because you think you're going to hurt someone's feelings. Like, Hmm. first of all, you're doing what's best for you. You're setting your boundaries. Second of all, like, it doesn't matter. Life is not as serious as it's made out to be. And I think it's just so important to be yourself, even if that means setting boundaries that people don't like. And, you know, not being afraid to do that, because that's something that I was always very afraid of. And I think that that's really beautiful if you can learn that from a young age, because I'm still working on it to this day and I'm about to turn 20. And I'll probably continue to work on this for the rest of my life, because it's something that has stuck since I was young, because women and girls are supposed to be nice to everyone. And that means getting walked all over most of the time. So I think that that's something that I would say, and don't be afraid to take charge. Don't be afraid to be a leader. I think I'm kind of a natural leader in that sense. And so it's not hard for me to take charge, but I think that it's really important to know that you have a voice. You can scream, you can shout. Don't be afraid to be called loud um, because you are a powerful woman. I'm constantly being called loud and It doesn't matter, really, because I'm happy and I'm a strong person and I'm, you know, helping other women while I'm uplifting myself. So those are kind of my last words of advice.
0: Hi runners, welcome back. I am so excited to be celebrating International Women's Day, which is March 8th at CSUB, celebrating women everywhere. So I just wanted to go over what this year's theme was from their website. Quote, A challenged world is an alert world, and from challenge comes change. So let's all choose to challenge. How will you help forge a gender-equal world? Celebrate women's achievement. Raise awareness against bias. Take action for equality. Unquote. I highly recommend that you all check out the International Women's Day website and see where it all began and where we are today. Let's celebrate women everywhere. Joining us today is our faculty member, Robin Valenti at CSUB. She is the Multiple and Single Subject Program Director as well as the Single Subject Advisor. Often, the stereotypical representation of feminism is unfortunately associated with angry women who hate men when it is actually defined as equality for all. In your words, what does it mean to you as a woman, in your position as a professor, an advisor, as well as your role in your own home since the pandemic has required the majority the majority of us to work from home.
5: What's my definition of feminism? Yes, I understand that feminism, it's easy for people to see feminism as there's always like, a am for this, so then I have to be against something, right? And so that's how feminism has been positioned for, for a long time. I think it's easy for people to get caught up in that, when truly it is just about having these equal opportunities and having an equal position and role in your family so it's not easy and it's something that our society has sort of built into us and so i come from a family of very strong women i was raised my mom she built into all of our conversations and into our upbringing this idea of you need to be independent and be able to support yourself financially as well as be the provider of your own happiness because someone else isn't going to be able to do that for you. Um, And someone might not be able to financially do that for you either. And so that was always part of my upbringing for my sisters and I. I'm one of three girls um, in my family and I've got very strong aunts who are also, you know, they're, they're career women. So I always had really great guiding lights. I was fortunate to pick a husband who's a feminist. So he sees the value of my job. He sees the value of the work that I do and how passionate I am about it we've had to talk, even though he's a feminist and I'm a feminist, we've had to talk about why do we still sort of fall back sometimes on these roles in our home of what it means to be husband and wife or mom and dad. And we've had to, especially with the pandemic, really flesh out, so why does he go to work when I'm working from home? You know, Why is that more acceptable? Or the cognitive load of like, making the doctor's appointments and schedule, figuring out what's for dinner. And you know all of those little things that end up taking up a lot of space in your mind, why does that sometimes still fall back on me? And so we really have to, we really talk that out. So is it because that's what we saw our dads doing, they went to work and then came home and things were beautiful at home?
0: Often, the stereotypical representation of feminism is unfortunately associated with angry women who hate men, when it is actually defined as equality for all. In your words, what does it mean to you as a woman in your position as a professor, an advisor, as well as your role in your own home, since the pandemic has required the majority majority of us to work from home?
5: What's my definition of feminism? Yes. I understand that feminism it's easy for people to see feminism as there's always like a I'm for this so then I have to be against something right. And so that's how feminism has been positioned for millions for a long time. So I think it's easy for people to get caught up in that when truly it is just about having these equal opportunities and having an equal position and role in your family. So it's not easy, and it's something that our society has sort of built into us. And so I come from a family of very strong women. I was raised, my mom, she kind of built into all of our conversations and into our upbringing this idea of you need to be independent and be able to support yourself financially, as well as be the provider of your own happiness, because someone else isn't going to be able to do that for you. And someone might not be able to financially do that for you either. And so that was always part of my upbringing for my sisters and I. I'm one of three girls um, in my family, and I've got very strong aunts um, who are also you know, their they're career women. So I always had really great guiding lights. I was fortunate to pick a husband who's a feminist, so he Sees the value of my job, he sees the value of the work that I do and how passionate I am about it. We've had to talk, even though he's a feminist and I'm a feminist, we've had to talk about why do we still sort of fall back sometimes on these roles in our home of what it means to be husband and wife or mom and dad. And we've had to, especially with the pandemic, really flesh out so why does he go to work when I'm working from home? You know, why is that more acceptable? Or we both had moms that worked, but they worked in either like part-time or jobs that couldn't necessarily financially sustain a household. Um, My dad worked in construction, so a very male-dominated job, and it was a very typical, I think, male-female roles in my house, although my mom did always encourage us and tell us, you know, you need to be able to support yourself. They still exemplified sort of those typical roles. Um, so we, call, we talk about it. And I'm like, is, is this because that's what we saw when we grew up? Or is it because I really love being a mom? That's part of who I am is I love doing all the arts and crafts. I love doing the projects with the ki- girls. Um, I have two girls. One is going to be four in April and one's going to be a year in April. What it's come down to is what brings us the most happiness, I think, rather than what is society trying to tell us our, our jobs are going to be. I'm also this planner mind, and he's an artist. And so things like planning our meals for the month, that's not going to like enter into his like realm of things that he needs to think about. But because I'm that planner person, I'm like, I want to have a beautiful chart. Let me see my planner. Let me get it out. I'm going to color code it. So um, a lot of it, we try to figure out what's personality. What do we enjoy? Versus what is society telling us these roles should
0: be? I actually also wanna bring up have you heard of the He for She movement? Yes. So that movement is amazing because it also kind of um, helps men embrace that kind of ideas of feminism, but also feeling safe, having emotions because men for so long have had to suppress their emotions because it's considered feminine and apparently that's an insult and um I thought that was just a really cool movement to mention because um there's also that part of it being supportive of men who have had to suppress their their emotions because they're considered weak so I thought that was like really cool that you brought up how you and your husband are both these feminists and have to work out like these roles because Mm -hmm. uh it, it is it's 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 gonna be hard and it's complicated and that's why we're going through this huge societal transition now, so.
5: Yeah, I just saw an article, I wanna say it was NPR put out about the number of moms that have uh, their positions and the number of women in general, especially the women, um, people of color uh, have quit their jobs during the pandemic. The numbers are just outstanding and heartbreaking because we need them in the workforce.
0: Yeah, I agree. I saw that you have a, um, it's under your name on Zoom. It's the her, she, and hers next to your name. Yes. Is this a courtesy for those who are unsure of your gender preference when referring to you? And is this also to bring awareness to gender assumptions?
5: I think it's both. I think it's um, make it easier for individuals. So um, we no longer live in a society where things should just be assumed. So. Um, it produces a conversation occasionally where we get to then talk about what gender norms are and why we have them as a society, um, to talk about pronoun use and why, especially in education, when we're trying to be an advocate for every student we have, it's important as a teacher and an educator to be open-minded and also be accepting. Um, there's a difference between just accepting a student rather uh, being an advocate for a student. And so if you can try to make it a piece of your life in any way, having on your Zoom every single day, your pronouns, um, having it in your signature line, talking about it with your colleagues, talking about it with your students. So really embracing the idea of it's not just acceptance, but it's um, sustaining their, their choices. It's uh, encouraging them. It's being an advocate for individuals uh, and also because you know we never want to make the assumption of what someone's pronouns are going to be so i like to just have it out there nice and easy for folks
0: yes i have noticed that when i email people um the example is actually i kept calling you doctor and i was so convinced i don't know if i thought i saw it somewhere or something but i've um assuming like certain names are male names or female Mm names and assuming that a professor has a doctorate and for me I'm like oh shoot I, I need to like step back and be like okay wait <laughs> you need to do your research before you refer to somebody because it really is like super important now with um all of these gender uh new gender norms that are happening right now so I just thought that that was like really awesome um you're kind of so like I really have a gender neutral
5: that. name right so <laughs> Robin um uh, before I would put that I would get a lot of Mr. Valenti so just to kind of make it a little bit easier for individuals.
0: Yeah, that it's, it's just such a good courtesy. So I, I definitely noticed that from like the first time that I saw you on, on Zoom. I was like, oh, I wonder what that means. That's and, cool. And to be
5: totally honest, um, we have a fantastic chair in the teacher education department. And it was during one of our LT meetings, I believe, over summer or maybe in spring when as an entire faculty, we were like, you know what, let's all put our pronouns on our signature lines. Um, my Signature line, it has my pronouns and then it also says why pronouns and it links to an article explaining why individuals do that and why it's important. Uh, so that was something that teacher education wanted to do uh, across the board. We'll
0: definitely start doing that because I feel like it just, you know, that conversation like you said and then when you ask them, um, we'll know that like, oh, you're being there to like new society so yeah I read an article called sleep and women's health by sarah nawakowski jessica mears and aaron heimbach about whole changes during a woman's lifetime in which menstruation pregnancy and menopause are factors that inhibit poor sleep health and mood that affect a woman's pro- product and o- overall the of life. I'm sorry. The article states that quote premenstrual syndrome (PMS) and premenstrual dysmorphic disorder (PMDD) are characterized by emotional, behavioral, and physical symptoms that occur in the premenstrual phase of the menstrual cycle. Unquote. So my therapist had actually had a client that was misdiagnosed by a psychiatrist as bipolar. When later they found out that the negative reactions to the medicine that they prescribed her were not working because they had realized she was actually suffering from symptoms of PMDD. And these symptoms are very similar to bipolar disorder. So since gender and sex are two different identity factors and when it comes to biological factors of being a female, How do you feel about um, these women that are suffering through these symptoms and also like trying to fight for equality in the workforce when they may be dealing with these things that they can't control? Um, Your baby is going to be like one years old. So I thought that would be um, interesting question for you since you just had recently had a baby and you are in the position that you are. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm very curious
5: our bodies are so complex and our hormone levels are going to impact our sleep levels, our productivity. Um, that's not just for women. So hormone levels are going to fluctuate for men as well. because um, ours can sometimes be more drastic, um, a little bit, um, the symptoms slightly more have been trained and have been learning so part of it's like societal training but then also it's learning about yourself of what to do when that happens and so that's why i think it's so important that women continue to stay in the workforce because for example i may have gotten four hours of sleep last night but i still know that i have work that i need to accomplish Um, One, I'm going to um, have to continue to work and I might not have the most patience I want, but I'm going to have to, and I have had to practice that patience under circumstances that are not ideal, right? So lack of sleep or hormonal fluctuations due to pregnancy or just due to monthly cycle, things like that. And so I've, I've had this practice in it. Um, allows me to identify it, to know what my reactions are, to know myself a little bit better. And so if something comes up in a work meeting where it might bother me, I am also practiced in how to have patience at that moment as well. And I can kind of sense memory, think about when I was lacking patience because of things with, um, and utilize that to have patience in the workplace. Um, Well, as having such understanding for when things like this come up for students, or when things come up with for, you know, my my coworkers. If they send me an email with a typo, I'm not like, you need to be more professional and sending it back, but <laughs> I'm like, hey, did you get enough sleep last night? Let's talk, let's see what's going on with you. Um, and having that understanding of we are all human. This is just, you know, um, and our job is extremely important and it is doing great work especially in education I fully believe that but beyond that we're teaching students and we are working with people and we need to be understanding of those things so it breaks my heart that people are being misdiagnosed still um can trace this back to like the first um uses of like psychiatry and the things they did to women, the horrible things that they did to African-American women when they brought them over as slaves and were sort of testing on them. How gynecology even came about is just um, heartbreaking, devastating. Um, Familiar with that, please look into it, but it was essentially a crazy nut of a doctor um, and he's still considered the father of gynecology and he was doing horrendous things to black slaves, uh, women, um, and that's how they discovered about like our reproductive systems and, and different things like that. Um, the fact that it's still happening is devastating. The fact that people are taking notice and that are trying their best to improve upon it is wonderful. Um, and that's what I try to keep my sights on because I am an emotional person and I want to constantly keep my focus on how can we improve, how can we fix, rather than thinking about the negative, or else I'll get very bogged down in that.
0: Yeah, I actually had never heard of how gynecology came about. I'm definitely going to look into that, because I had a good point that you brought up how men have hormones, too, and they often are more associated with um, rage and anger, you know, and we're, like, crying, sadness, and, you know, um, Hysteria, <laughs> but um, also learn how to keep their cool when they're feeling a little bit more amped up than normal, and when they get triggered about anything in their career path. And they have to realize that it's not really worth it. Um, and we also have to realize as women, it's not really worth it to cause more of a problem, you know, or like um like just because they made a mistake and hurt our feelings. So I thought that was our on the topic of um, biology with the females there was a new york times article called who should compete in women's sports there are two almost irreconcilable pos- pos- mm-hmm. and it by jillian r and jerry longman So the article explains that the controversial topic of transgender women who compete in women's sports um, Mm -hmm. kind of illuminates the concerns about what is fair in these competitions due to the biological makeup of males. So the article states, quote, at puberty male Athletes generally gained f- physiological advantages for many sports, like the larger ske- skeletal structure, great muscle mass and strength, less body fat, greater bone density, larger hearts, and greater oxygen carrying capacity. As a result, men and women mostly compete in separate divisions. Uh, un- Named Alana Smith, a female athlete involved in a lawsuit with um, Interscholastic Athletic Conference said, quote, all the biological females know who is going to win before we even start. And it's sad to see that all our training just goes to waste, unquote. So as a CSU advisor in which your training has ensured that you're an unbiased one, how do you stand with all women, including women and embrace the essence of what it means to be a woman without harming the identity of people in complicated or controversial in such as this one pertaining to the content of the article.
5: And I, you know, I'll speak for the Department of Teacher Education broadly. Um, we are committed to creating a diverse and inclusive environment. Um, this is something that we bring up at every meeting, that is something that is embedded in our vision and mission. It's something that we look for when we're hiring individuals. And so if you look at our faculty, that is a group of faculty that are absolutely committed to making sure our students feel like we have a diverse and inclusive um, program. Now, with that said, the more we learn, the more gray situations become and issues are. So this idea of being a, a female athlete and um, compete against somebody who is biologically uh, male, uh, soul of it is, right? And so it's sort of a black and white issue there, right? So it's, you know, the males by based off of the quote, um, by puberty have X, Y, and Z that makes them a better performer for athletics. Now, when we are learning more and more about our biology. It's much more nuanced and much more gray of an area. So we have never tested before um, our Olympic athletes, our professional athletes for their hormone composition that determines how much of a female they are or how much of a male they are. Um, Because sex is not as clear cut as you were born with a vagina or you were born with a penis, we're learning now with a Additional science that we have, that there's um, zones are active in some students, or I'm sorry, in some individuals um, that are not active in others, hormone levels are different. So it's not as clear cut as that. Want, I guess easy to have an opinion if you're just looking at face value, if you're just looking at, or you grew up with the idea of a male has a penis and a female has a vagina, and we are going to ignore a bunch of science about what an act, the actual composition of an individual is and why they may have a female more similar to a female's composition. And so be guy to do, and what I try to do is look into the gray area look into why are there two sides um some individual um transgenders so looking into the science behind it sometimes allows for us to be more understanding when it's not our natural inclination to be understanding i feel like our teacher education department it's our natural um instinct and for myself it's my natural instinct to look at you as an individual and say joy what you tell me who you are, I can't tell you who you are, tell me how to pronounce your name, tell me how, if you are he, she, um, tell me, you know, all of these different things, because you're you, and I think as an educator, it comes a little bit easier, because as you have a classroom, you start to fall in love with every single student you have and you're like, I need to be their advocate. So if they have autism, if they're an English language learner, if they are the only black student in our community, um, I advocate struggles are you going through? It's sort of that teacher heart that leads you there. And then it just becomes sort of natural. You're constantly thinking and looking at individuals as individuals. And um, so if that's not your natural inclination, sometimes it's nice to point people at the science and say, hey, it's not super clear that um, Males have the same hormone level that allow them to athletics at the same rate, or in like these same rates, um, where over here and females are over here, because some male composition of hormones might put them more in this category, right? So, um, it's a wonderful <laughs> to be able to sort of open minds if they're not already there.
0: I um, in the- we're also talking um, sometimes when men are, tris- are transitioning into women. Hormones actually um, kind of deplete the male hormones in order to match the female hormones. So there's also that, and they have to consider that. And also the size of the male, like, is he small? If he's smaller, then it would probably be pretty fair. Um, he turns into... So what does International Women's Day mean to you? Personally.
5: I think that... <laughs> It's a chance to celebrate one, how far we've come. It's a chance to reflect on where we need to be. And sometimes it's nice to just sort of be in the moment of um, and thinking, okay, so these things I was able to accomplish within my professional career. Um, and then these are some things that I still want to strive for. And it gives you just, um, you know, you'll see it on email signature or some, you know, uh, it will come up on Instagram. Hey, it's international women's day. And you get to go, Oh, okay. That's right. What does that mean to me? What, you know, someone's going to ask me or, you know, and so it just gives that ability for you to reflect as a woman. Um, it's funny because international women's day is the, um, is it's Googled, when is Men's International Day? Because that's like the constant, you know, like why we're celebrating women? Well, when are we celebrating men? Um, It's not on International Men's Day in September when people are actually Googling that to find out what the day is. It's when they want to be confrontational or um, have issue. And so just that in its own lets us know that it's something we're still working towards and striving is this equality. um, where it's to oh, celebrate women right um, it's um, political it shouldn't be men are doing great things and that should be acknowledged
0: yeah um, and that's why I of the he for she movement like standing with our men as well like that's what it means to me is like standing with everyone like yeah. equality <laughs> I believe I do want to give women and all students at CSUB.
5: Is that you don't have to be superwoman to have um to be considered successful. Uh I get that a lot. So I have my two girls at home, I have a, a job, I'm the director for the multiple and single subject credential program. I'm also right now being the single subject advisor. So I'll get told quite often, especially like on social media, you're superwoman, you're superwoman. And I <laughs> don't call me superwoman. One because um I don't really want to be superwoman. (laughs) I want to, I would love for there to be more balance. I would love for there to be, um, for me to sort of deplete myself um, in order to succeed professionally and be a mom at the same time. Like I said, I love being a mom and I am beyond passionate about education. I've been working in education since I was 18. and this is, I feel like we shouldn't have to be superwoman to do that. And so i like one of those teams of superheroes, whatever, you know, group that is. The Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the advice to women is one, um, don't feel like you have to be a superhero in order to make it, to accomplish it all. Um, don't feel like you, Um, an island owned, reach out to other women, reach out to other people in your field and get help um, and and work as like a support system. It's so common, especially in education that people feel like they have to be sort of siloed and I'm gonna do it all by myself. And that's not the case. Um, We um, grade together. And then across the board, it's hard right now. So if you have thought about giving up, if you've thought about quitting, so, is everybody, <laughs> you know, if you have Googled what profession can I do without going to college, or um, even for our, if you have Googled like what other jobs can I get with a master's in English or whatever degree it is that you have, know that you're not alone. Um, it's hard for everybody right now. And um, take count what you're in, um, look, try the positive aspects, um, trying efforts into what the struggle is, but look at how you're striving, look at how you are being um, successful, even in the smallest ways, because giving, changing that perspective, giving yourself a little bit of a growth mindset, um, is only going to succeed. So I just advising them that it, they're not, it is hard and we're all right there with them. Um, and just for doing this interview with us, I'm so happy that, um,
0: have a lot of great advice. So thank you so much.
5: (laughs) Thank you for having me, Joy. And anytime you want to do this again, let me know. (laughs) I
0: will definitely. Thank you, runners, for joining us on this episode dedicated to International Women's Day. Thank you, Robin Valenti, for joining us, and I will see you guys next time with The Runner on Air. Bye!